We are proud to partner with MyFlex Learning. MyFlex Learning is a scheduling platform that helps middle and high schools meet the individual needs of all students. Students can easily create and manage time for flex blocks, wind time, activity periods, RTI, counselor and teacher appointments, and so much more. Even my favorite, Synergy Time. And with its built-in accountability tool and reporting features, MyFlex Learning solves your challenges around getting kids where they need to be and understanding how flex time is spent. Make flex time work for you. Visit myflexlearning.com slash BE to learn more and receive $500 off your first year. That's myflexlearning.com slash BE. This B Podcast Network show is presented by IXL. IXL's all-inclusive online teaching and learning platform simplifies edtech needs and accelerates achievement in 95 of the top 100 U.S. school districts. IXL delivers personalized learning across a comprehensive pre-K-12 curriculum, including math, language arts, science, and social studies, and helps you assess student performance through actionable, real-time insights at every level of your school or district. This one solution performs work that typically requires dozens of tools. Want to find out why so many leading districts trust IXL? Visit IXL.com BE. That's IXL.com slash B-E. Welcome to Transformative Principle, where you learn how to be a leader and not just a manager of a to-do list. I'm your host, Jethro Jones. You can find me on Twitter at Jethro Jones. At the end of each of my mastermind sessions, after a person has stated their problem they're facing and, and gotten support on what they need, I ask everyone... What is it that was most useful to you today? And here are some of the comments recently. One person said, I'm not feeling stressed anymore. Another person said, I appreciated seeing that other people are struggling with these documents that I need to work on. Another person said, I have confidence that I'm no longer alone. Another person said, getting a Zoom tutorial and knowing how to use that more effectively really helped. Another person said, Well, I'll save that one for next week. What I want to say to you today is the mastermind is an amazing opportunity. If you've been thinking about it, it's time to go to jethrojones.com slash mastermind and schedule a call with me and let's talk about whether or not it's right for you. That's jethrojones.com slash mastermind. This week's episode is brought to you by John Cat Educational. You can get a discount on the awesome books that they have available by going to us.johncatbookshop.com and using the code TRANSFORMATIVE30. That'll save you 30% on any order. That's us.johncatbookshop.com and the code is TRANSFORMATIVE30. Welcome to Transformative Principle. This is episode 337 and I am excited to be chatting with Amber Dembowski who is a principal of two schools like me right now. And that is exciting. Actually, not right now anymore, because as of this month, I am now a free agent out there doing my thing. So I'm excited about that. And Amber, welcome to Transformative Principal. Thanks so much. I'm happy to be here. Man, I am happy to talk with you as someone who is juggling uh, multiple schools and serving principals as well. I know how challenging that can be. And that's what you are doing. So why don't you start by telling us a little bit about yourself, your work in schools, and your work supporting principals? Sure. 
Well, you know, I've worked in many different facets of education, and I think that's one thing that has, you know, really built me up throughout the years. So years ago, I started as a teacher paraprofessional or a teacher aide. Then I was the substitute teacher and then a classroom teacher. And I evolved into an instructional coach. I worked as a district trainer. I was also an instructor at a university. And then I moved into principalship and did some consultant work on the side. I continue to do that. And then I was asked to be the principal of a second building. So like you mentioned, I'm the principal of two elementary buildings. The second building, I was asked to be principal there because it was the lowest performing school in the district. The teachers were feeling pretty beat down and the district gave me the charge to kind of go in and build that culture up and increase that teaching and learning within that building. So throughout all of these experiences, I've gained a lot of understanding about how schools and more importantly, uh, teachers work. And I have met so many people who have influenced me through all of these experiences that have really impacted who I am today and what I believe in. Yeah, that's that's very interesting that they would send you to a low-performing school as a second school, not to put your whole focus there. What are the challenges with having a poorly performing school be your second school and not the only one you focus on? You know, the biggest challenge has been that I was with one school for three years prior to that. And so they were really in a different place than my second school when I was brought on. I bring the staff together for professional learning, uh, for our staff meetings, for our PLCs and collaborations. But what what remains difficult is both buildings are just in a different place because of my uh, time with them. Yeah. So with your first school, you've been there for three years, established some routines, policies, procedures, culture, all that stuff. And then you got to jump into the second one. And we all know from experience that if you are, you know, leading a school and you know, you do certain things to get to a certain point and then you don't have to redo all those things all the time because everybody understands that's how things work. That's part of building a school culture. And so now you got to bring a second school on and then you do professional development together. That sounds like a really challenging, challenging thing to put together. So let's talk about some of the mistakes that instructional meters not meters, leaders, excuse me, some of the common (laughs) mistakes that instructional leaders make. What are the pitfalls that you see instructional leaders doing? For sure. And actually, these are all mistakes that I've made myself. I recently published an article for ASCD about the four common mistakes instructional leaders make and how to avoid them. And these were all mistakes that I make made and I continue to make mistakes every day. So there's nothing wrong with going out and making mistakes. I don't want anyone to walk away thinking that um, because of how's that saying go? If you're not making mistakes, that means you're not trying, right? And some of the mistakes that I'm going to focus on, I think will settle really well with the instructional leaders out there. I, I think they'll agree with it. And then some of them I think will challenge some of their thinking. The first one that I had mentioned in the article is that we're focusing too much on student outcomes. And I think most people 
would agree with that statement once they hear me talk a little bit more about it. I believe that if a heavy load of your time when it comes to school improvement is looking at student performance, then you're focusing on the wrong things. I'm a strong believer that data is information. I'm a total data guru, so don't get me wrong. It becomes a guide for us. But if we spend most of our time doing only that, then I think we're missing the boat. Most of our time needs to be spent on asking ourselves why. So why are we seeing the results we're seeing? And then the real dirty work begins by adjusting what's happening in the classroom. And I think most instructional leaders would agree with me on that. Whether that's what's actually happening, that's not always the case. Sometimes most of our time for PLCs is spent doing the data digs, but then what do we need to do next? Um, Most of our time should be spent on building that teacher capacity, ensuring that the instructional practices happening in the classroom are in response to the information that the data provides us. And so that's where that first mistake comes in, I think would settle or settle with most people's thinking. Yeah. You know, we've really changed how we focus in education on different things and, and focusing on outcomes has seemed to just ratchet up even more and more as time goes on. And I think that that's a really good point that we need to step back and, and figure out why things are happening, how they are and not make everything about that outcome and recognizing that kids are multifaceted, that they have lives outside of school and that what happens in school is not everything to them as it shouldn't be everything to us either. What's the second mistake that people often make instructional leaders specifically? (laughs) Well, and this one in general can sometimes challenge people's thinking. Um, The second mistake is just staying out of the teacher's way. People will say, I'm sure you've heard this, you know, that teacher's doing a great job. I just let her do her thing. Yeah, I'm sure I've said that. (laughs) Right. Me too. Me too. So essentially we work with a variety of teachers. So in my consultant work, I talk about the four types of teachers And I've named them based on their traits and performance levels, um, just for simplicity's sake. So there's the notables, the classics, the interim amateurs, and the sideliners. And I'll go into that a little bit more here in a minute. But the teachers can work throughout these stages throughout the day. So just because they're notable when they're teaching math doesn't mean they're notable when they're teaching reading. It really depends on their experience and their expertise, their motivation, and even their self-reflection with whatever the task is that they're you know, at hand. And although I don't believe there's a perfect formula um, to working with teachers, um, I do think that understanding some of the fundamentals about human behavior does allow us to build the capacity and their capacity for success. Um, So if we just start by talking about the notables and the notables, those are the peak performers. Those are the ones that we're saying, hey, they're doing a great job. Let's just stay out of the way. They generally represent about 20% of our teachers. And if we think about it, their capacity is endless because they continue growing. And in all honesty, we're going to get the most bang for our buck with this group of teachers. On a scale from one to 10, they give us a 10 each day. But if they're not fully engaged and developed through the feedback that we provide them, then their 10 turns into a seven tomorrow. So often what I see happen is leaders will leave this group of teachers alone because they always think this group of employees has it figured out, um, which they do, but they always remain 50% developed because they're always wanting to learn. 
So leaving them alone is not how to build their capacity. And we need to really unpack the feedback for them just like we would any other teacher. Yeah, let me just jump in there because I think that this is an important piece that I've talked about many times on this podcast. The idea of it's not your job as the principal to put a lid on anybody. And mm-hmm. and I've said that numerous times. That's why I'm bringing it up because I think the notables, when they're doing their thing, then yes, you let them go and do their thing. But that doesn't mean that you let them go and don't ever give them feedback or talk with them or or help them get better. But you continue that process of challenging and pushing them. So quick story about that. I have a librarian or had a librarian who was a phenomenal, phenomenal teacher. And she was a great teacher of adults and of kids, did wonderful things. And I would constantly push her to do better than she was doing at whatever it was that she was doing. Not in a like, you know, let me go find something that you're doing wrong because you're really amazing. I'm just trying to nitpick, you know. Right. But like, okay, you've you've reached this plateau. What's sure. next for you and how are you going to do that? And so at the recent technology conference in our state this year, she presented three or four times in a row in one day and was just like, it was super stressful for her. But she was so grateful that I had pushed her to apply to present two years ago yes. that she was now comfortable taking on that challenge and was sharing what she was doing with others so that she could share her notableness out with other teachers and librarians as well. And, and And that's where, yeah, yeah, go ahead. I was just going to say a lot of times that's what it's about with the notables is encouraging them to increase their influence. That's really what it's about. Yeah. Because when you're teaching others, you continue to grow as a person and you're learning more as you're teaching others. Yep. Totally true. I love that. John Cat Educational supports high-quality teaching and learning by providing publications that are research-based, practical, and focused on the key topics proven essential in today's and tomorrow's schools. Visit us.johncatbookshop.com to see the latest publications whose exciting ideas include overcoming the extrovert ideal in our schools, creating bottom-up transformation that promotes buy-in from all educators, and improving formal and informal continuous learning opportunities for teachers. These books, used by educators of all roles across North America and worldwide, amplify fresh, engaging voices with practical strategies to create transformative change. Learn more in our show notes. All right, so let's talk about the classics. Yeah, sure. So actually, this is where most of the teachers will fall. So about 40% of teachers would be considered classics. And it's not a bad place to be at all um, because these teachers, they come to work and they give their best effort. And on average, they're about 60% developed. So they do what they know, but building the capacity for this group is extremely important. So making time to provide feedback to them absolutely needs to be a priority. Uh, They're generally motivated to grow and change. They sometimes function as if there's just one one right way of doing things. It's not necessarily in a stubborn way but they just want to make sure it's perfect or that it's just right. But this represents about 40% of of your teaching staff generally. Yeah, I've experienced with this group of teachers where they're doing it that way because it's worked for them and there's no sense in changing or growing because it's been working and and they are like you said great teachers who are working hard doing the best they can and you know, they, in my experience, need 
just a little bit of a push, just a little encouragement, support. You know, I I came into a uh, in one of my schools that I was at this last year. They hadn't had a leader who had really been focused on them for many years, and so when I came in, the thing that I heard the most often from these classic teachers, and this is really how it was, they were like, oh, well, we just haven't had supervision for so many years. We've just been doing our own thing. And so it's really nice to have somebody say, here's the vision. This is what we're doing. And what's amazing is that everybody loves to be led by someone and to be pushed and developed and grown. We actually enjoy that as human beings. And often in education, we make it seem like teachers hate that. And they don't hate that, but they got to they got to know the person cares about them as human beings and that they are willing to understand where they're at first. And so yes. not knowing anything about the homeschool situation, when I came in, I said, tell me what I need to understand. Help me learn it. And then they would say these things and I'd say, okay, I don't understand why you're doing that. And then they'd say, after me asking a bunch, they'd be like, actually, we don't understand why we're doing it either. It's just what we've always done. And I said, yes. okay, so are you willing to like change that? And they're like, well, yeah, if there's something better. And I said, well, here's five things that are better. And they'd say, oh, yeah, well, let's do B because that one sounds like it'd be the easiest to implement. And I'm like, great, let's do it. <laughs> so Yeah, it's all about the trust, isn't it? Yes. Yeah, totally. So let's talk about the interim amateurs. Oh, Yes, the interim amateurs. So this could potentially represent about 20% of your teachers. This group is really underperforming based off of what you know of the teacher. But what makes it interim is it's more than likely temporary. It may be because they're new. And if that's the case, you want to provide a lot of feedback to build their capacity. Or it may be like something's personal is going on in their life that's making work difficult and in that situation, you'll just want to provide support on a personal level. Yeah. These interim amateurs, I, I love that phrase because they're not there the whole time. And uh, I remember working with a teacher who was who was in that situation. And I was like, as soon as you get through the hump, you're going to be great. So just push through mm-hmm. and it's going to be all right. You're going to get some bad evaluations because a lot of things you're doing are not great. But it's okay because eventually you're going to get there. And this teacher, like once she finally hit her stride and we understood it, she was like, oh, now I get it. <laughs> and it was yes. so, so fun to see that growth. I know. Isn't that awesome? Yes. Yes. Well, and then finally, there's the sideliners. And here is where the mistake is often made. So the the sideliners usually represent, again, about 20% or less of your teachers. And unfortunately, they have a low level of positive impact on student learning. Yet we often, this is the mistake, spend most of our time with these teachers. Uh, The sideliners are those who, you know, you've been providing the training and the feedback, and yet they still consistently underperform. Uh, They don't appear engaged. And they're maybe quote unquote lacking the talent that it takes to be a you know a productive member of your teacher team. So once I've determined that someone's a sideliner, and don't get me wrong, I start everyone as a classic in my mind when I'm providing feedback. But over time, if they've proven to me that they're a sideliner, I usually just start having crucial conversations with them. And so the feedback is much different. And the the crucial conversations 
usually our questions asking them, you know, are you happy at work or do you feel successful at work? Um, it may even be asking them if they feel there might be a better fit. Sometimes it's even I notice statements. So it's almost calling them out in a way. I, you know, I've noticed you don't stand at your door to greet students, even after I've asked you to several times, what's getting in the way? Like those are notice statements. But what's important here is I don't let them consume my time because I don't want to put my energy here. I want to place my energy on things that I want to see more of. And that's going to be from the teachers who are ready to do and be better every day. Yeah, I think that's so important. And sometimes the reason why people are sideliners is because they're just not a good fit for your school and they just yes. can't they just can't bring themselves to be effective there. And that doesn't mean that they can't be effective someplace else. And it's really important to make that distinction because it's not always clear, you know. Sometimes you think, well, maybe it's just not the right fit when in reality they're, they just don't have the skills to be a teacher, and you've got to be able to discern that. And so one right. one situation where I did do that was when I had a teacher who, you know, she just could not be successful in my system, and it was too, too much for her, and uh, it wasn't structured the way that she needed it to be structured to be successful, and she was teaching in a content area that wasn't her content area, but she was qualified in, you know, so there was that awkwardness. And so, mm -hmm. you know, I talked with her and I said, look, I think that you're a great human being. And unfortunately, you don't have what it takes to be in our school, but that doesn't mean that you're a bad teacher. You just aren't going right. to fit into what we're trying to do. If you go down to elementary school where you'll be with the same kids all day long, you'll be able to take the time to develop those relationships that you love developing with kids. That will probably be a much better situation for you. And mm -hmm. she was hurt. She was offended. She cried. It was super uncomfortable and awkward for the rest of the year. But I was able to confidently say when she applied at an elementary position, I was able to confidently say she will be a good teacher at your school. And sure enough, she went there and totally flourished and was able to do well. And if I would have like tried to fire her or get her out of the profession totally, I would have been doing those kids a disservice. But I was doing a service to the kids at my school because she wasn't going to be able to work out with them. Right, right. And regardless of where the teachers fall within the spectrum of employees, I, I, I want everyone to be clear, like they are on your team. You work with them mm -hmm. every day. So they deserve your respect, your appreciation, your love. There's just multiple reasons why these labels can be helpful. One reason is because it helps us identify how we can support them. And then the other is to help us reflect on what kind of leader we want to be for them and how we should prioritize our time. Yeah. And this is, this is so important. I'm so glad you brought that up because the way that we interact with them is absolutely vital. And so yes. knowing, knowing that you have a sideliner and being able to say, here's where it's not working and here's what a next step can be. That is just so important. and. Too often, I hear principals talking about how we got to get this person out. She's no good. He's no good, whatever the case may be. And that's not fair to that person who is on your team currently and is a human being. Mm -hmm. You've got to be honest and forthright with them and, you know, and work through that. And 
every single year I've had somebody like that where it's not a good fit for for a variety of reasons. They're always different for whoever it is, but you've got to be right. able to say like this is not working and we got to find a different solution. For sure. Thank you to our valued partner John Cat Educational. If you are a leader looking to make transformative change by providing yourself and your teachers with professional development that is research-based and rigorous, yet easy to digest and full of practical strategies, check out the latest publications from John Cat. Visit us.johncatbookshop.com to find information or learn more in our show notes. Do you want to simplify your school's technology, save teachers time, improve students' performance on state assessments? You can do it all, but don't waste another minute. Head straight to IXL.com slash BE to learn how IXL's research-proven teaching and learning platform can help you achieve all these goals. That's IXL.com slash BE. There are lots of solutions out there for giving students what they need when they need it. But when do they actually do all of those things? You need flexible time. When added into your master schedule, flex time enables students to get extra help or intervention, meet with teachers, make up work, get physical exercise, and try new enrichment offerings. If you're thinking of giving it a try, check out MyFlex Learning, which unlocks the benefits of flexible time without all the headaches you get with it usually. Its intuitive design and SIS integration makes implementation and training a breeze. Make your flex time work for you. Visit myflexlearning.com slash BE to learn more and receive $500 off your first year. That's myflexlearning.com slash BE.